Hi, welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. This is chapter 1, verse 26. Y'all ready? Here we go. It says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Part of being anointed means you have authority over creeps. I thought that was funny. That's pretty funny. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him on earth, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Father God, we declare in this moment, not for one minute, God, have we ever been forsaken? God, you said in your word that even when we're not faithful, you're still faithful because faithful is who you are. God, we're grateful that we have the privilege to be in your presence and you've shown up. God, to heal our bodies, to speak to us, to transform us. God, every single person under the sound of my voice, whatever they stand in need of, God, I pray that you would respond in this moment. God, will be ever so careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout amen. Come on, Baltimore County. Somebody shout amen. Y'all ready to do this? Hallelujah. We're concluding our series that we've been unpacking for the last four weeks called Back to the Jungle. Back to the Jungle. The whole mindset behind this series is that God has wisdom for every relationship in our lives. You don't learn how to have a great marriage from Dr. Phil or Steve Harvey or any of those other self-help people. Nothing wrong with them, but anything they give you that's good, they got it from God. That's good right there. I'm, I'm, I'm not warming up. I'm warmed up already. I want to preach a message today. I was talking to a guy after the 1050 service in the lobby, and he's like, Pastor, that message, man, I didn't know what to do with that. I don't know if I should laugh or should I cry. And I was like, mission accomplished. I, I want to preach, preach a message. It's going to be a little strong today, but it's the end of the series today, and I'm going to shoot every bullet I got. I'm going to give you everything that I have. So here, here's the title of today's message. It's, it's Why Am I With You? Yeah, we're going there. Like, why, 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 why am I with you? Ever been at an event? Maybe a birthday party, maybe a function for work, or, or I dare say a family reunion, but that'll get me in big trouble. But have you ever been at a, an event and halfway through the event, you just had this thought, why am I here? And it's not like, why am I here? It's like, why am I here? And chances are, if you're asking the question, why am I here? You're thinking it because you don't want to be there. Now, you've never had that thought at Destiny Church. <laughs> Somebody's like, Pastor, actually, uh, 
You, no, 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 no. It's just like, why? Would, and chances are, if you're in a place that you don't want to be, it's because you didn't have the guts to tell that person no. Come on now. If you are really going to be honest, you would say, look, I know it's your birthday, but uh, I don't care. And I'm not actually impressed that you've made it around the sun another time. I mean, people do that every day. <laughs> You're just sitting just like, oh, how did I end up in this situation? I have a question that you need to be asking yourself. And that is, why am I with you? Come on now. Some of you in here that are dating, you need to, don't ask them. You need to ask yourself, why am I with them? Come on, married folks. You need to ask God. Don't ask them. Don't ask yourself. You may not get the right answer depending on how, if they left the toilet seat up or not. Why am I with you? No, God, why did you put us together? Pastor, if I'd be honest, I'm not quite sure if God did put us together. Because truth be told, we weren't Christians when we got married. Here's what you have to understand about marriage. Marriage doesn't happen in a courthouse or on a document. Marriage only happens from God. It is God that blesses a marriage. It is God that puts two people together. The Bible says what God has placed together, let not man separate. So you may not have known God when you got married, but I'm telling you, he was all up in that. He knew you, and he had a purpose for the two of you together. You need to ask every relationship of your life, whether it's a business partnership, whether it's a friendship, why am I with you? There's some reasons why people say, well, well, I know why I'm with her. Here's why I'm dating her. Here's why I'm married. Because, 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 because we, I can't even get it out. Oh, my gosh. Because we love each other. So, what else you got? And I will always love No, you won't. <laughs> it's a really great song, but it's not true. Come on, anybody been married for longer than 30 minutes? <laughs> no, I always love you. I don't always like you. <laughs> that was a real strong amen right there. <laughs> Stay out of church. Let me go and preach on this side. <laughs> I, I can't say that I hate you because I'm a Christian. <laughs> but I may think it. Listen, listen, love is great. Love is, love is blind. No, it's not. Love is good. But love is not enough to keep you committed to that relationship. Why, why are you with them? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they make me so happy. <laughs> if the person you are with has always made you happy, the only thing that means is you only been dating for two weeks. <laughs> Give it another week. Ha- happiness is great. Happiness is important. You, you shouldn't be with someone that makes you miserable all the time. But happiness is not the totality of a relationship. And if you think it is, you're going to jump in and jump out of relationships like you change your clothes. Oh, it doesn't fit anymore. I'm moving on to the next. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. Pastor, I'm not like all these shallow people love, whatever, who needs love? I'm not worried about being happy. I'm in this relationship because I said I do. I gave my word. I made a vow. I'm committed. (laughs) Oh, that's real romantic. I mean, don't get me wrong. Your word should mean something. 
The Bible says a man's word is more valuable than money. The Bible says let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you give your word, you should keep your word. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. If a marriage certificate is a vow that was exchanged, is the only reason you're staying with that person, stay. But it's not going to be easy. Because a vow is not enough to sustain. It may sustain my location. But it's not going to sustain my commitment. Why are you with them? Well, Pastor, you said it five times. But right now, I don't know. Why am I with you? <laughs> can, can I help you out? You don't get to answer that question. Because you didn't put you together. God put you together. And because he, okay, those were for the married folks. God put you together. For everybody who's not married, we need to find out. Hmm? I'm having fun. Do you know the only reason to date is to figure out if you're the one I need to spend the rest of my life with? Come on now. That's the only purpose. Which, by the way, the second you figure out it's no, <laughs> this has served its purpose. And we can't be friends, because I'm not still in love with you. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's is this God? Some, I'm, I'm helping somebody in this room. Some of y'all need to ask of your business partnerships. Is this God? It's profitable, but is it God? Some of you need to ask of your friendships. Is, why are you friends with that person? Can I give you a dumb answer? Oh, because I knew him since middle school. I, I, I had the chicken pox in middle school. I didn't keep those around. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. There's some things that you had in middle school that needed to stay in middle school. You need, a, you need some intentionality to every single relationship in your life. Here's the reason, because anything you don't know the why behind, you will abuse. Hmm. It's Bible. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people go buck wild. What translation is that, Pastor? It's the New International Stephen Version. But, uh... No, seriously, the Bible says well, if you don't have a why behind something, people are going to run wild. You're not going to make any problem. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to get some intentionality to every relationship of your life. And here's what I love about God. He's answered every question we can ever think to ask in his scripture. So you don't need to stay up all night. I don't know why I'm with this person. No, no, don't worry about it. Just ask him and he'll tell you. And he actually tells us in Genesis chapter 1, here is the only reason why I put people together. So I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you just three questions to ask of every relationship in your life. Three questions to ask of every relationship in your life. And before you get scared, some of you, I just love when I preach like this, and, you know, boyfriend of a squeeze his girlfriend just a little bit closer, and, and she'll nuzzle up. And what the chance I ain't going to leave you. I don't care what this man says. I ain't. <laughs> you think I don't see you. I see you. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not, if we don't have this, it doesn't mean it's over. Because I'm not just going to teach you what God put you together for. I'm going to teach you how to get there, even if you're not there right now. Cool? I'm going to leave you hopeless. It'll be good. All right. So first thing I want you to write down there. Here's the first question you need to ask of every relationship that you are in is, are we blessed? The first indication that God is with you, his hand is on that marriage, on that dating relationship, on that business partnership or whatever it may be, is, are we blessed? 
Here's what the Bible says. He said, let us make man in our image, in the image of God. He made male and female. He put them together. And here's the first thing that he did is he blessed them. The first reason God brings two people together is to demonstrate the blessings of God. I have a good question for you, though. What does it mean to be blessed? I don't know why I'm on these bees. I just thought blessed beamers, Benz and Bentleys. That's what, <laughs> what, what does it mean to be blessed? Do things equal blessing? Huh? If I have my dream car, zero to 60 in 3.9 seconds, oh, I'm blessed. And I'm blessed real fast, too. If I have an amazing place to, to, to live, if, if I could wear whatever I want to wear, if I have more than enough, we're going to be real practical here. Show of hands, how many people think that material things are blessings? It's not a trick question. I need you to respond. Material things, material things. Come on. Come on. Uh, Baltimore, come on. Right now, I have about 10% of the room that's hands are up, about 5% that are like half. Is that a yes? Is that a no? Is that a pastor? We don't trust you. We don't know where this is going. You ain't going to set me up. Come on, be bold. Be, if you're going to be wrong, at least be bold. Okay. Went down to 8%. That's why y'all so broke. <laughs> Hear me. I'm going to talk real slow. Material things are blessings. It's just not the totality of the definition of blessings. Here, here's the thing. Material things is one of the ways that God blesses us. It's not the only way, but it is one of the ways. The Bible says that Abraham was outrageously blessed, and then it started to march through all of his net worth and his material. It is one way. It's just not the only way. Here's, here's the thing. I'm having fun. Y'all having fun? Material things, however, do not equal blessings. Here's why. Because there are God-haters who have a lot of stuff. There's people who don't honor God, don't worship God, they don't tithe, and they have more than enough. And I don't know about you, I've just kind of been, I think it's because I'm a pastor's kid, that little rebellious spirit, but I've just always been the type of person is I can't do something just to do it. I can't, I can't do something because it's the right thing to do. I'm the type of person, if I don't know why I'm going to church, I'm not going to church. Because I'm not doing something. That's a good amen right there. I'm not doing something. This is what good people do. Well, I'm a Christian and Christians go to church. If you're in church because that's what Christians do, you're not going to get much out of it. And I'm saying, God, if I'm going to serve you, if I'm going to follow you, my life has to look different than an unbeliever. My life should make an unbeliever jealous. Hmm? So what does it mean to be blessed? Here's what a blessing is. A blessing is any increase or advancement that you cannot take credit for. It's not just things. It's not just wealth. It's just not possessions. It's any increase, any advancement that you can't take credit for. Let me give you this example. You can be worth $10 million and still not blessed. So he said, well, if that's what it looks like not to be blessed, I'll be not blessed, God. Give me not blessed times too. No, no, no. It's not based on what you have. It's based on how you got it. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, it says this, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth. Somebody say amen. amen. That's true. Track. I don't know why I'm having so much fun. I love God's word. By the way, can, 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 I, can I tell you how to find heresy? 
I, I would really appreciate that, Pastor. Incomplete statements and partial thoughts. Make sense? It's in the Bible. It's just not the total thought. Here's the total thought. The blessings of the Lord brings wealth. Somebody say amen. amen. Without painful toil for it. So I can have wealth come into my life, but I don't know whether it's God or not unless it comes without painful toil. Here's why when Adam and Eve sinned, the curse on woman was pain in childbirth. The curse on man, God said, Adam, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to toil over the ground. And in order now to provide for your family, it's going to take from your life. It's going to be based on anguish and pain and hard work. But when Jesus died on the cross and he broke the curse over our lives, this is what he said, enter into your rest. Can I say it this way? I've got it from here. No longer is the progress in your life going to be work based on your network or working 80 hours a week or who you know or how you rub elbow. It's going to be based on the favor of God. I know that I'm blessed when I start to stutter. Pastor, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you mean, Pastor, you know, you're great and all that. You, you're not ugly, but you ain't that fine. <laughs> how did you end up with a woman like that? <laughs> uh, but, well, uh, I, I, I mean, well, I, well, uh, I. God. I know you and you're pretty smart and you're educated and all that, but how did you end up with that job? I mean, I know people that are a lot better than you and they didn't end up there. I, well, actually, God, how did you raise children like that? I mean, they were born... I'm, uh, God, you know it's a blessing when you can't give any explanation from it. You can't, well, my fraternity, well, my sorority, my alma. No, 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 no. I actually did everything wrong. Matter of fact, I made four different mistakes and I still ended up further. But the grace and the, I'm blessed. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. There should be evidence in your life that you have advancement that you didn't work for. Yeah. How did you end up with a church like this? I'm a good preacher. No, that ain't it. Well, you're good, but you ain't that good. Man, God, 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 I'm a great leader, and, and God sent great leaders. No, no, no. That, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How do I know that this relationship is of God? Is it blessed? Ask yourself this question, how blessed are we? Is, is there evidence in my relationship that is not just based on my hard work and my intellect, but God blessed that thing. God, God did something with that thing. There's a passage in the Bible where it says, the children of Israel, they came out of slavery in Egypt, and God took them into the promised land, but it took them 40 years. It didn't happen as fast as they wanted it to happen. But along the entire way, here's what the Bible says. It says their shoes did not wear out. Their clothes did not get holes in it. He fed them in the morning. He fed them in the evening. Every single day, he added things to their lives that they did not work for. Just as a confirmation of you may not be where you want to be, but you got to understand you're not by yourself. I'm still with you. I'm still with Um, Somebody shout, I'm blessed. When, when me and PZ uh, got engaged, um, we weren't broke. <laughs> right, babe? We weren't broke. We, we just didn't have anything. You know what I mean by that? You, you got a job. You can pay your bills. It's just when you're done. Oh, it's done. <laughs> I, I was working at a church full time, and, and I was paid full time. It just, it just wasn't as big as it is right now. She, she was a nurse. It was just her first year of nursing. So, you know, they... <laughs> We weren't broke. 
It just didn't have anything. I had a student loan the size to sink a ship. She, she had a cart note, and we, I mean, we, we were making it. And, and I remember I, I, we, we got engaged in February, and then I set the date for the wedding in August. I said, you could pick all the colors. You could do whatever you want. The one decision I'm going to make is when we're going to get married, and, and it's going to be August. She said, babe, it's like six months. How am I supposed to invite all the family? People got to fly in from other countries. How are we going to do it? I said, listen, women. I have waited 26 years of my life for that wedding night. And I ain't fitting to wait another 12 months. You got six months, I don't care what you're wearing, I don't care what the colors are, I'm just saying, we go, look, it's different when you're waiting, I'm just saying, it's different. <laughs> That's good preaching right there. So we're, you know, we're, we're planning this wedding and, and, and we're, we're, you know, getting the budget for the wedding. But, you know, it's easy to budget when you don't have anything. <laughs> what percentage of zero is zero? It's zero. We don't, babe, how much of a, a venue can we afford? We, we can't afford any venue. So pick whatever you want. We'll just figure this out. We had nothing. And there, there was somebody that was really important to her that didn't make the engagement party. She said, man, I, I want to go and, and introduce them to you and, and well, you to them and get their approval and all of that. And I was like, okay, let's go. So we, we go over to this individual's house and it was kind of like a rite of passage. Like, I don't care if you gave her a ring or not. If they don't like you, I'm going to give you this ring back. So I'm, I'm a little nervous and I go on in and, and they size me up. You, you a preacher, huh? How old are you? You're at least 30. I mean. <laughs> but it went well, and it was all the way good and all that. And, and as we were leaving the house, they came up to me, and they shook my hand and said, man, we've been praying for, for somebody like you, man. Welcome to the family. I'm like, oh, great. And, and, and they shook Zai's hand. But, but when they shook Zai's hand, it was different than when they shook my hand. When they shook my hand, and they shook my hand, and it was over, they gave her one of those loaded handshakes. Come on, y'all know what I mean about loaded ankle? I, I call it an uncle handshake. You don't know what I'm talking about. That's because y'all got cheap uncles. <laughs> you ever been over your uncle's house or granddad's house or grandma's house and they shake your hand and, and you come away with something green in your hand? I mean, they, they, they're like, oh, that's what you, it was a loaded. And, and I'm still the fiance, so I'm like, so we go, we get in the car, and I'm trying to play it cool, you know what I mean? I'm like peeking in her hand, and I saw that it was a check. It wasn't cash. That's good in the first place because there ain't enough cash to pay for that wedding. If you didn't write it out, it's probably not going to help us much anyway. And I'm sitting there, and, I'm, and she ain't saying nothing. And, and I know in the back of my head, she's my fiance. She's not my wife. So we currently still have joint bank or separate bank accounts. So at this moment, she's blessed, but... <laughs> I'm trying to play. She didn't say no. She was making me. Um, what you got there? I said, oh, oh, this. I was like, yes, that. I said, oh, I didn't even open it. I was like, okay. So you gonna open it? Y'all, she opened that check. It paid for like half the wedding. The end. when I think about Jesus, <laughs> I got the Holy Ghost all up in that car. Over the six months of our engagement period, it wasn't easy. We ran into barriers and issues and all that other good stuff. But I'm telling you, random blessings and advancements just kept popping up over and over and over and over again. And as if God was saying, don't worry about it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. My hand is, are we blessed? 
You should see the supernatural advancement of God as a result of your connection with this person. How, 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 do I, how do I become blessed? Okay, Pastor, let's be real. We, I ain't blessed right now. Everything I have, I worked for, and I lost some of it too. But uh, how, how do I become blessed? Well, watch this. God decides who to bless the same way you decide how to tip. Hmm? So just think how you make a decision to tip at a restaurant, and that's how God makes a decision on how to bless. Let me, let me let's just start out here. The normal average standard tip is 20%. I'm a little ashamed to be your pastor. This is the third service. Somebody the last service shouted out 15%. You ain't never been a waiter before. Waiters and waitresses, they tell you Sunday is the day they like to work the least. Not because they're missing church, because church folk come to restaurants. No, this is true, this is a true story. And they said, we get the smallest tips on Sundays. They don't drink and they don't tip. What in the world is this? No, 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 standard is 20%. If you didn't know, now you know. Glory, glory. We're going to make you generous before the end of this day. So here's the thing. Your decision on whether you go above and beyond, whether you bless them is going to be dictated by three things. The first thing is going to be dictated on is based on their attitude. Come on now. If it's a normal attitude, they're going to get a normal tip from you. It's probably 3%. But anyway, whatever normal for you is getting a normal tip, right? Makes it make sense? But if that person has an extraordinary attitude, I mean, they... Man, the joy that they served us with, man, the, the, man, the way that they engaged, they made us feel like we were important, not just another. They made that, ex- and this one, babe, you got any more money? What, what do you got? Look, give them, give them. My wife doesn't trust me to be generous, so she'll make sure. What, what, make sure you bless them. Listen, the first thing that God blesses is your heart. Watch this, in Psalm 51, 17, in the message, it says just, going through the motions doesn't please you. I'm going to tell you something that's a little strong, but I'll run out the back door. It'll be good. God's not impressed that you're in church right now. Ooh. Now your mama might be impressed. Hey, mama, I'm going to church. Oh, no, who died? (laughs) People who know you may be impressed, but God's not impressed. Because going through the motions doesn't please you. Watch this. A flawless performance is nothing to you. That's for you perfectionists. God's not impressed with perfection. He made the angels. You can't do something he ain't seen. He said, I've learned what God's really looking for. When my pride was shattered. Heart-shattered lives ready for the love of God. Don't for a moment escape God's No, Watch this. It means you can be perfect and escape God's notice. It means you can be godly and, no, no, he says a broken and a contrite heart he cannot. You know what draws the blessings of God? A person who has the type of heart of God. Everything that I have means nothing compared to who you are in my life. Yes, I'm educated. Yes, I have a little bit of money. Yes, I'm articulate and charismatic. But I put no emphasis or trust in that. As Paul said, I consider it all rubbish that I may know you. 
The first thing that God blesses is a broken and a humble heart. The second thing that God blesses is the second thing that you bless in a waiter, and that is when the service is extraordinary. You ever remember one of those restaurants where, like, you take a sip of water, and before you could put the glass down there, <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't even get down to a quarter full, but thank you. You're thinking, man, I wish I had some sauce. You know, I was just thinking, maybe this sauce will go well with what you. <laughs> Are you reading my mind? Me and Si, we went to this restaurant in Baltimore City. It just opened. It was really, really nice. And we go and sit down, and she orders the fish. And, and my wife is one of those. You know, the, the waiter will come. Are you ready to order? She goes, hmm. What's the specials for today? Tell me, tell me about this fish. For the next five minutes, that waiter told us about the fish's childhood, about who their parents were, about what grades they got in middle school, what grad school they went to, what type of little minnow fish they fed on. I mean, we got more detail about this dumb fish than you would ever want. But I mean, that girl, she knew her stuff. She, I was like, oh my, that is the most educated waiter I have ever encountered in. The experience was, um, it demanded more than normal. Here's the thing. God blesses people who are intentional about stewarding what they have. Yeah. This is just a side note. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to this plane. God doesn't bless reckless living. God doesn't bless waste. God doesn't bless frivolousness. So why do you? Why do you keep giving money to family members that are living a reckless life? You just got all up in my email. I mean, no, no, no. God won't do it, so why do you? Well, they're family. You can't leave family behind. They're his children. He's more committed to them than, they, than you are. And you may think that you're blessing them. What you're actually doing is you're enabling them. You're keeping them from the pain of rock bottom that is going to cause them to change their way. Boy, I'm preaching. You better say amen, Stephen. <laughs> Here's the last thing. So God blesses the right heart. God blesses good stewardship. And God blesses legacy. God blesses you based on your bloodline. He blesses you based on who your parents are. Hold on, Pastor. You mean God's going to bless me based on how my parents live? Oh, crap. Uh, what's the opposite of blessed? <laughs> That's what my, no, 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 watch this. The Bible says, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. All things have become new. No offense to Ron Chandler or Denise Chandler. They are blessed people, but they are my secondary parents. My primary father is God Almighty, the heaven, maker of heaven and earth. And you may not have a great earthly bloodline, but based on who your daddy is, the Bible says that we are co-heirs. The first thing you need to ask of every relationship is, are we blessed? The second thing you need to ask is this, is are we increasing? The first thing it said is be blessed. The second thing it said is be fruitful and multiply. What does that mean? Are you growing something? Is there something that you have that is bigger than you got it because of you? Blessings are because of him. Increase and multiplication are because of you. Is your money bigger because of your union together? Is your areas of friendship bigger because of your union together? Is your career more advanced because of your union together? What have you grown? What have you produced? What are you multiplying? The Bible says, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, 
that he will also reap. For he who sows out of selfishness will reap of the flesh corruption. But he who sows in the spirit, what does that mean? He who is thinking about what does God want me to produce out of my life will of the spirit reap everlasting life. In other words, you're going to build something that outlives you. And let, not, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you shall reap. Somebody say reap. If we do not lose heart. What is being produced out of this relationship? Is it anger that's multiplying and growing year after year after year? Is it isolation that is multiplying and growing year after year after year? Or is it compassion? Is it mercy? Is it your ministry? Is it your business? What are you multiplying out of your relationship? Could you imagine if you went up to a farmer and, and, and he tilled acres of land and, and spread seed everywhere and, 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 and watered that land and you came up to that farmer and you asked him, man, what, what have you planted? He said, I don't know. Let's see what it pops up. Oh. You went through all this work, drove that tractor, tilled all this land, put all this seed, and you don't even know what you planted? No, I just threw it out. Let's just see what happens. Can I tell you two things about that farmer? First of all, he ain't that bright. Second of all, he's not going to be in business too long. Because he doesn't know what he's going to get back. And here's what I find. When I'm unintentional about what I'm sowing, I'm guaranteed to always have more of something that I don't really need. And not enough of something that I, because there's no intentionality. Life is not whatever God has for me will come to me. No, no, the Bible says God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you also will reap. Come on now. So if I want godly kids, what do I have to do? I have to sow into my children. Oh, come on, preach for a second. I can't, I can't. I work 80 hours a week. I got to keep a roof over our head. I got to make sure we're eating and all that. You know, I get it and I understand it, but is a roof over your head worth raising kids that you don't like? Pastor, that's hard. That's real. They don't raise themselves. And if you don't raise them, their iPhone will. Sheesh, why are you so mean on the last message of the city? What, what harvest are you expecting in your life? If you're not intentionally sowing seeds, acting in that area, you're not going to see results come back. Pastor, I just, I just don't have any friends. I don't have anybody that's watching my back that's there for me. It's because you're not that friendly, okay? I, nobody's ever told you this, but you're, you're a little bit of a jerk. And you kind of just send off this vibe that you're just all about you. Mm -hmm. If you're missing a harvest in a certain area of your life, try sowing intentionally in that area and watch God bring a harvest in that area. What's better than it was when we came? What's growing? What are we building? Should I continue to have fun? You know, one of the things that God said about wives is that wives are helpmates. Somebody say helpmates. It's their job to be a a, a co-partner, to to help build something. It's it's, it's really hard to help somebody that's not doing anything. 
Sometimes it's men who say, man, that woman's always nagging. She's always, like, you know, badgering me. Always got something to say. She's always just, nah, 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 nah. Well, maybe if you had a vision for your marriage, maybe if you had something that you were building that you can give her, maybe she would have something to do. God made her to help. And here's what I've discovered. If you don't give her a vision to build, she'll build you. Three questions you need to ask. The first one is this. Are we blessed? Are we increasing? The last thing is this. Are, where is our influence? Where is our influence? Sean, come play. We're going to land this plane. So God says he put them together, and he said, be blessed. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Then he said, take dominion. Somebody say dominion. I feel like dominion is like the word dominate. Y'all pray for me. I, my mind is just a little weird. Every time I heard that word dominion, I think of like Mortal Kombat. Finish him. Is that just me? When I think about dominion, I think about reigning and ruling. I think about, a th- listen, God made you to be kings and queens here on earth. The Bible actually says that you are gods. Now, don't get carried away. It's little g God. <laughs> I'm a god. No, 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 no. I mean, little g, not big g. You're one of. <laughs> That'll mess up your theology anyway. But here's the problem. There is a worldly definition of ruling And there's a biblical definition of ruling. And if you get them mixed up, you won't see God's results in your relationships. Here's the worldly definition of ruling. How many people can I get under my thumb, under my authority, that are working for me so that I can live a better life? The worldly definition of ruling is how can I make it better for me and my people? The biblical definition of ruling is how can the ruler make it better for everybody under their authority? Like, let's just talk about King Jesus. He already has everything that he needs and more. His kingdom is not about giving him more. His kingdom is about sharing all that he has with his children. When the queen of Sheba came and looked at Solomon's kingdom, the greatest king of Israel, she said, wow, I have never seen such wisdom, such education, such wealth. How blessed must the subjects. She was focused on the people, not on Solomon. We have this backwards mindset when it comes to relationships. I want to be a power couple. Man, I'm looking for that girl, man, that she, she got her own business. She's an entrepreneur, man. Man, she's doing her thing, and I'm doing my thing. And, man, when we get together, man, we're going to build an empire. Listen, God didn't put you together to build an empire. There's already an empire. It's called the kingdom of God. He didn't put you on this earth to build your own thing. Here's what he's asking you. Where's my influence? How many people around you? without your last name are blessed because of your relationship. Oh, I need to preach for a second. You ever, you ever met people, they, they start dating. As soon as they start dating, they, they isolate themselves, cut off all their friends, all their family. It's just me, Bonnie and Clyde. Y'all know that story didn't end right, right? Bonnie and Clyde, they didn't make it, y'all. That's not your role model. <laughs> I said, no, no, I didn't put you together just for you. I put you together so that people around you might be blessed. He said, let us make man in our image. I put you together that when people look at you, they would say, wow, God is good. Proverbs 11, 24 says this, one person 
is focused on others. They give freely, yet they gain even more. While another person doesn't even tip 20%. That's what my Bible says. But that person comes to poverty. A generous person will increase and increase and increase. But whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Pastor, can you fix my wife? Can you fix my wife? No, only God can, but what are you talking about? She, she don't know how to talk to a man. She, she, don't need a, she don't know how to. Can you preach a message on how to honor a man? No, uh, it's going to get me in trouble. But um, until God fixes her, why don't you stop focusing on how she treats you and start focusing on who the two of you guys can be a blessing to? Pastor, you need to fix my husband. Can you fix it? Teach him what it means to be a man of God. He, he's not leading in our family. He didn't lead us to church. I drove. He didn't drive. No, I can't fix him. Only God can. But until God does, why don't you stop worrying about how he treats you and start worrying about why did God put us together and how we could be a blessing to other people? Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, when I seek first God's kingdom and his plans and his intentions, that he adds everything else on. If you want to fix your spouse, forget about your spouse and start thinking about him and why he's put us together and watch God do the rest Fulfilled relationships are not relationships that are full of love and happiness. It's relationships that God's hand of blessing is on our lives. That we're, we're building something together that is bigger than us. And our focus is not just on us, but it's who can we be a blessed. That's when you're going to realize God put us together. And I didn't know I could be this fulfilled with another human being. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. God, we're thankful. God, that not only if you put us together in relationships, but you, God, have a plan, a purpose, a supernatural reason, God, for every relationship in our lives. God, it is scary to ask the question of why are we in these different relationships? But God, I pray that you'd bring vision, that you'd bring clarity. Just where you are with your eyes closed and your head bowed, can you pray this prayer with me? Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Just give God a moment to make this time, to make this message personal to you. You know, in the book of John, Jesus prayed this prayer. He said, God, I pray that you would make them one just as I am one with the Father. I believe this is what Jesus was saying, that you'll never get your earthly relationships right until you get your heavenly relationship right. Because it's a relationship with God that gives you the ability to overlook somebody else's flaws. It's a relationship with God that gives you the ability to love somebody beyond only what they can do for you. Today I'm asking you one simple question. Where are you with God? Do you have a real relationship with him? Or are you just going through the motions? Maybe you're like me and you grew up in church and you know the Bible and you know the songs and all that. But truth be told, there is no tangible relationship between you and God. Or maybe this is your first time in an atmosphere like this. And truth be told, you don't even really know what it means to have a relationship with God. You just know you don't have one. Wherever you find yourself today. If you say, Pastor, I don't know God the way that you're talking about, but I want to. I want him to be an intimate part of my life. If that's you, you can make that decision right now. Right where you're sitting, can you pray this prayer with me? 
Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for noticing me. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay the penalty for all my sin and all my mistakes. Today, I invite you into my life. I surrender. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my ruler. And use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Come on, church. Can you celebrate for every single person that is making the greatest decision? Come on, that's a golf clap. Can you go crazy that people just made the greatest decision ever? Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.